Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, Episode 70, Randy Lewis. Thanks for listening. Uh, We're getting into late July here, and it's been a few weeks since I've been with you here on the podcast, so uh, I apologize. I have been uh, out there doing things, uh, work-related, I guess you can call it work, but it doesn't feel like it. Um, you know, videotaping a different geologists, tagging along on hikes, uh, meeting geologists in the field, uh, having them talk about a certain outcrop, uh, even hiking with my wife Liz and recording that and posting that. So there's plenty on the YouTube channel uh, that is available to you if you have an interest that way. But I know that some of you just prefer to listen to these radio episodes and that's it, and that's totally fine. Um I guess today's topic, Randy Lewis, is not going to have the most impact with you unless you've heard Randy speak or seen him in action. So I don't know if you need homework, but uh, if you listen to this one and you're you're intrigued and you're like, boy, what is this, what is this about? Then then maybe maybe there would be a reason to go and, and watch a couple of these Randy Lewis episodes. I've posted four Randy Lewis videos. Uh, this month, I think, uh, and it's all from one single day that we were out driving together in a place called Moses Cooley. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit here, but I also would like to give you a little backstory on uh, how this all came to be. It's really kind of an interesting, I think, um, mm, there's some backstory on why we are... Um, on how we met and how we got to this point and what we might continue to do in the future. And there is no, you know, grand plan necessarily, but uh, I am currently very interested in Randy and his world. And if you are unaware, uh, we're talking about Native American stories and just a whole new way to view a place. And in this case, the place is, is where I live. These are places that I've known my whole life. Uh, well, that I've known since I moved here in 1992 with Liz and a little baby. Um, and we've been here 30 years. That feels like a significant amount of time now. So I know most of these places. I've, I've even made video programs uh, in the olden days uh, with with some of these places. And now I'm brought to these same places. It's like, oh, yeah, that's where I sat and had a peanut butter sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's that place that I, uh, mm-hmm, I broke that uh, uh, piece of basalt off that cliff and uh, saw that, that snake nearby. In other words, I have some personal experience, some personal history, and, and some intimate knowledge about some of these places. And yet, when I go to these same places with Randy Lewis, uh, I don't feel like I have an intimate connection at all with these places. And I think you'll see what I mean in just a second. Well, how can I get into this? As usual, there's no plan. I just thought, yeah, I'll talk about Randy and and what I know. Well, let me give you the story then, I guess. It's not that long ago. I should have looked up the date, I guess, before I hit record here. But I I got an email from a gal named Amelia, who was living in the Wenatchee area at the time, and she has since moved on to Utah. Uh, But Amelia was... um, 
teaching a filmmaking class for some high school students in Wenatchee. Now, I get a fair number of emails along these lines, and would I participate in a certain class, or would I Zoom with my students, or could we come and visit your department? And uh, As I've said before, I'm getting uh, a lot of emails now, and so I have to kind of pick and choose. But <clears throat> excuse me. But this is, I don't know, three years ago. Let's say three years ago. It's three years ago, and uh, I wasn't getting that many emails. And this one really sounded interesting because she said, I have this gentleman, Randy Lewis. And forgive me, I don't remember the details of how Amelia got connected with Randy. Uh, through a student or a student's uncle or I don't know what, but she said, we have been filming with my high school students in this in this recording studio. We've been filming Randy Lewis. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And she said, well, let me, let me send you a, a, a link or two. <coughs> Sorry about that frog in my throat. And so she sends me this link, you know, and it's unpublished stuff, just kind of a raw cut of what they were doing. And the students were learning how to make films, and so one was a lighting person and one was a sound person. And they were, and and Amelia had experience in, in Hollywood and other kinds of film um, uh, settings, and so she knew how to run kind of a professional set. So it's beautifully lit and beautifully, the, the sound is great. And here's Randy kind of talking into this camera. He's got this booming baritone voice and he's telling stories, Native American stories, stories of his people, the Wenatchee P uh, Pascosa tribe and these landmarks around Wenatchee. Places that I know as Saddle Rock, or Peshastan Pinnacles, or Rock Island, or Moses Cooley. And he's, she just sent me a short link, and I was just like, who is this guy? And I have to say, as a white guy, my first impulse was, is, uh, is this guy real? Is this guy like... The real deal? Like, it sounds like it, his stories are so uh, off his tongue. It, it's so uh, lyrical. It, it's so mesmerizing. It And believe me, I've listened to a lot of BSers in my life. It sounded kind of half like BS. I, I, I think I even, I should find that email. I know, I, actually, I don't want to find that email. I think I... That's how different I was just a few years ago. I think I emailed Amelia back and I said, this sounds really interesting. And and her, her invitation was for me to come and sit in that same chair and get filmed and have me talk about what I knew about the geology of these spots that Randy was talking about and to go back and forth between uh, the, the geologist and then the, the local... Native American, back and forth, back and forth, and then do it in kind of a creative way. And that's actually what the what the film ended up to be. It's called A Winter's Tale, and Amelia's been shopping it around. I mean, it's a student film, but she did such an amazing job with those students, you would never know it's a bunch of high school students making it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. 
So she just screened it at the Seattle Film Festival. A Winter's Tale. Mm, there's something else in the title I can't remember. Anyway, she's been shopping it around, and she doesn't want me to, you know, send my link or share my link or post my link on social media because she's trying to get it in these festivals, and I, I haven't kept up on what's going on with the status of that film. Okay, here's the point. I emailed back when I heard from her, and again, I hadn't met her before, and I said, well, thank you for the email. This sounds like an interesting project. Um, I would be happy to come over. I need to do my homework. I don't know the Wenatchee geology area very well. This is three years ago. I, I know it a little bit better now, but I, I'm still pretty much in the dark. But I'm pretty sure that I, oh man, I'm pretty sure that I emailed, is this guy for real? Are you sure this guy is legit? <laughs> well, he's legit. And He's got so much experience in history with so many different kinds of people that when he starts telling these stories direct from 15,000 years worth of oral tradition, he can do it in a way that resonates with people beyond that world, me, you, people of all backgrounds can feel a connection, most of them, most of us can, when he speaks. So here's the part of this little episode where I'm trying to say why Randy Lewis seems to be a very unique person within the Native American community and his ability to communicate outside of the Native American community. Okay, there's no plan to this one. Uh, we were having lunch yesterday. We were out filming again at Stemilt Spires. And it was a good morning and captured a bunch more of that stuff on, on camera. And then we had a went to Bob's Burgers in uh, in Wenatchee, and Randy's telling me about you know, uh, you know I've heard pieces uh, of his life, and I'm trying to just get a timeline together, and I, I didn't totally get a timeline, but the basic message is, in his earliest days back in the 1950s. He was part of the Native American community down at Celilo Falls, which is in the Columbia River Gorge near Hood River or the Dalles, if you know that those places. And this is before the Columbia River <coughs> was uh, dammed by most of the dams, and so Celilo Falls was still a place. Well, then as they decided to put—what what dam is that? I don't know. Uh, the timing may be off here, but in the 1950s, uh, Randy and his family was was uh, forced out of there. And so then they went to Wenatchee because Randy's, I'm losing it a little bit, Randy's parents or grandparents or great-grandparents had some history up on Wenatchee Heights, which is a kind of a very mysterious to me uh, tableland, Wenatchee Heights it's called. You can find it on Google Maps. 
It's like over 2,000 feet elevation overlooking Wenatchee, the town, and the Columbia River. I don't understand why that tableland is up there. And geologists don't really understand it. If you look at a geologic map, it's like a bunch of question marks and like uh, some sort of... They can't even decide what the age it is. So that's, you know, on my list to try to learn the geology of Wenatchee Heights. But the point is... Uh, Randy, uh, I think, is like a five-year-old or something with his family, moved up to Wenatchee Heights. And there's a bunch of white folks up there, but there's a few Native Americans. And he's spend, and spending all of his days as an elementary school-age kid with his parents and grandparents and even great-grandparents. And that's... So the first 10 years of Randy's life, he's in his early 70s now, was absorbing all of these rich oral traditions, these stories, these connections. And even though he then left Wenatchee, and I, um, I, I lose the, the timeline there as well, and he starts living in other parts of the U.S., even traveling the world, uh, involved in the Seattle scene for quite a few years with... He was buddies with Ivor, the guy who started the fish restaurants, and Emmett, what's his name? Emmett, somebody who wrote for Seattle newspapers for a long time. And again, at first glance, you go, is this guy making this up? I'm sitting here having lunch with Randy yesterday, but anytime I, I visit with Randy, I'm not fact-checking afterwards, but you know, eventually I kind of cross paths again with some of the things he's talking about. He's right on the market, every freaking thing. So my first point here is that this guy is very special. And I don't say that very often, but this guy is perfectly situated to communicate some incredible history with a wide audience. And a large chapter of his life was being a speaker, essentially. Like he had a little bit of history in theater, sounds like, in college and maybe not in college, in Seattle and other places. Um, he was involved in the AIDS awareness program with Native Americans generally, and so traveled across Canada, worked for the Canadian government, just giving these presentations, big and small, um, you know, it's basically a, um, awareness, scientific awareness of, of, of some of the problems. Uh, and this is back in the 80s, of course, with the AIDS epidemic, and of course we've got parallels kind of today. What I'm trying to say is this guy has had, he's had reps, he's had a lot of practice speaking, to different kinds of groups. And I can relate to that. I've had a lot of practice speaking daily to not a lot of different kinds of groups, but I've had, prop, uh, you know, you find a certain tone, you find a certain rhythm, you find a cadence, you find a way to, to verbally connect with people without even really being super obvious about it. But, you know, you, you can tell when somebody's had a lot of practice speaking especially if it's a large group and they're not, they're not uh, amplified much. So you, you, you project and you've got this kind of voice that, that resonates, cuts through the air. He's got it. 
So back to this first chance that I saw him with this email link that Amelia sent to me. I'm like, who is this guy? So anyway, I followed through. Uh, I went over one day after school, drove over to Wenatchee, sat down in the chair. The students were all set to go. Amelia had given me my homework to have little sound bites ready for these landmarks uh, around Wenatchee. And I, you know, I just did my little stuff on camera. I had not met Randy. All right, let me let me push along here then. So six months go by, maybe more, and the little film is done. And Amelia, who's still living at the Wenatchee in the Wenatchee area at the time, says, uh, "We're screening now. We're screening our little film. Would you like to come to Wenatchee? It's December of what would have that have been?" December of 2019, I guess. Just a few months before the pandemic. And so she booked uh, the little movie theater in Wenatchee, and there was a nice crowd there, and there were plenty of Native Americans in the crowd who all knew Randy. And that was my first time meeting Randy. And you know, I was just in line with everybody else. Everybody, this guy just seems to know everybody. So it's, they're all, you know, it's like a family reunion almost. Uh, but there are plenty of white folks in the in the crowd too. So it's kind of a mixed crowd, and the and the thing was uh, screened. And then uh, Randy spoke uh, in front of the group a little bit, and answered a couple questions, I think even maybe. And and I said a few things. I said basically what I'm telling you right now. I didn't know Randy till a year ago, and. Uh, I actually, I think I said this is the first time I've met Randy, and um, I had to look up some of the geology that's been published on these local areas, and I need to learn more. And it's just a pleasure to be here, or whatever. So that I, I don't know the context of that screening, but that happened, and then a, a month later, Amelia says, uh, "Well, we're going to screen the." A Winter's Tale film again with you and Randy. That went pretty well in Wenatchee. We're doing it up in OMAC. Now, I think I've only driven through OMAC twice in my life. And it was a, it was January. I'm pretty sure it was January of 2020, I guess. And you're right up there at the Colville Reservation. So now we're doing it again, and people are showing up. It was a very cold, snowy night. I think I barely made it up there with the roads. It was like a Wednesday night or something. And pretty much everybody in the place is from the reservation. And they haven't seen the movie. They all know Randy. They're all bringing him huckleberry pies and all, all sorts of stuff. And I was so amazed by that experience. You know, I've been to plenty of family reunions in my past with my Zentner side in Wisconsin. In fact, that's what's happening this weekend, going to the Zentner reunion again in New Glarus, Wisconsin. And there's a certain vibe of the family reunion thing. Well, this was a family reunion, but it was so many people from the Native American community up there. And I was in. I was in that world and visiting with these folks 
all because of my association with Randy. If Randy thought I was okay, then I was okay to be there. And we did the same thing. We spoke afterwards, and I I think I was, I don't know, if I was in the moment up there, and I was, I think I kind of said something like, um, I don't, I'm not even sure I should be here. This is, the, I can feel so so much power in the room here. I mean, to you, it's probably going to sound odd. By the way, I've gotten plenty of comments and emails that are of the negative variety because I'm doing Native American stuff on my channel. Well, uh, fuck you. So it was an amazing experience up there in OMAC. And Randy's brother and relatives from British Columbia coming down across the border, driving four mile, four hours to get to this, <laughs> this screening. And there's prayers uh, before and after, and they're singing. And um, it, was, it was just one of those moments where you're, you're in it and you're like, this is, this is an experience. Like, I, I'm in the moment. This is an experience, and it's a privilege to be here. And uh, in my case, uh, I've done very, very little thinking or reading of Native American history. And it's been on my brain ever since that night. And I've been learning what I can uh, in fits and starts. So this is maybe the opposite of the way someone would want to learn about a new topic. I guess the way people would do it would be, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to get some books out of the public library, or I'm going to find some websites, and I'm going to learn all this stuff on my own. And then maybe eventually I'll meet somebody who can give me some uh, you know, specific information. Well, this is the opposite. I'm going into this completely about as white as they come, and I'm driving around, that's what these videos are, I'm driving around with a person who's in total command of everything. What he sees, how he speaks, the stories are all there at the tip of his tongue. There's rarely a word out of place. It sounds rehearsed, but it's not. That's how, that's how um, I don't want to keep saying unique, that's how... Uh, um, What's the right word? Uh, it it's perfection. This this guy is perfection in what he can do. And and you can feel it sitting. He's sitting there in shotgun, and, and we're talking, and got him mic'd up, and uh, I, I've got I'm I'm yes I'm driving, and I'm recording with my iPhone on uh, Gizmo, and occasionally we get out, and I just keep it rolling. And the first time we did this was uh, February of 2020. So now we're just a few weeks after that OMAC thing. And I go over and visit Randy. And we're just going to go out for coffee. And we start talking about Moses Cooley. And I didn't. This is before the pandemic now. I don't have microphones. I don't have gizmo. I just have my new iPhone. And uh, it's probably 2 in the afternoon in downtown Wenatchee, a little coffee shop. And he says, how about we drive up Moses Cooley? I want to show you some things. 
And instinctive, I don't know why, I don't think I even asked him permission. I just, he started talking as we're driving up Moses Cooley. In a late February afternoon, you know, the sun's going down at 5.30 or whatever, or 6 or something. And uh, I didn't even ask him permission. I just started, I just pulled out my iPhone and we're just driving up Moses Cooley. There's no traffic, basically. And I started uh, video recording him. I must have asked somehow. It's like, are you okay if I record this? I don't know. It wasn't planned. And um, I kept that. I didn't, I didn't use it, but I kept that video for more than a year. But that was the first time going out like that, and that was the first time that I kind of filmed in this uh, spontaneous style that I've been using lately. Doing that with Randy Lewis in February of 2020 was the first time I'd I tried something like that. Okay, well, then the pandemic starts, and now I start doing the broadcast from home, and and I'll get little Facebook message or whatever you call it, texts from Randy through Facebook. He's on Facebook a lot. I think a lot of the Native American community seems to use Facebook a lot with uh, keeping their community together, which is interesting. And then I can't remember the details, but uh, at some point the live stream thing was going well and I asked Randy, would you be interested? I think he'd been watching a couple of the Nick from home things and giving me some feedback maybe. And I said, hey, would you be interested if I came over and found some good resell reception? Would, why don't we do a live? Would it be too much too risky for you to do a live thing with viewers from all over the world? He's like, no, no, let's do that. So we did one of those. <laughs> we were, we were uh, remembering that as we were driving around yesterday. I, he says, yeah, that's where we did that live thing last year. I'm like, oh, my God, you saw the worst in me, Randy. Because there was a set time you're supposed to do the live chat. And I had just assumed if you were within eyesight of Wenatchee, you would have great cell coverage. <laughs> It's like the second time I'd ever been out with Randy, basically. And I'm just swearing, and I am just so angry and, like, nervous and everything. Like, the clock is clicking down. Randy's like, oh, come on, let's go up over here. There'd be a good backdrop. I'm like, there's no fucking cell coverage. I was just... <laughs> he rolled with it. He was just laughing at me. And we finally found a place that was not ideal. If you see that live chat, that... Nick from home live stream, I don't know what it was, May of 2020, maybe, something like that. There's power lines in the back, and you can hear some traffic. <laughs> We're just out of time. I couldn't believe it. we didn't have cell coverage. Anyway, since then, we did uh, a recorded uh, video at a sacred place called, uh, well, it's all sacred, but a special place called Camas Land and some white spires, and I had no idea what that rock was. I've now realized that's part of the Chumstick Formation, where there are stories of vision quests and other things from uh, days of yore. And then we've just continued. Uh, the pandemic has eased. As Randy shared in one of his videos, um, he got COVID in November, and 
is still dealing with a little bit of brain fog here and there, and he's kind of a long hauler with COVID, and his brother got it, and his his sister-in-law. Many in his community got coronavirus, um, but they've all made it through. They're still feeling some effects, but they made it through. And so since we've kind of come out on the other side from that, um, there was just one day in June of this year, just last month, that I picked Randy up early in the morning, no idea where we were going. Uh, I've learned to keep my mouth shut even more than I did that first time. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to be out for an hour or an out for the whole day. I don't know where we're going. I'll just turn the camera on and, uh, and film. We just filmed that whole day, and I broke that into four 45-minute episodes. And they're all now on the YouTube channel. It's called Randy Lewis in Moses Cooley, part one, part two, part three, part four. And each of those I would send to him, wait a few days, see if he got in the mood to watch it. And then he would say, in other words, they were private links. He says, you got to take that part out, take that part out. Hey, no, uh, get that out. And it's like, why would why would he want to take some stuff out that I filmed? Well, can you guess why? The, his main thought is, I don't want to put, as he says, I don't want to put an X on the map. I don't want to be specific that this is a village site, even though it is. And he's sharing that information with me or this is an artifact site, or this is a burial site. They're all over the place. He says, I want those out. And of course I do it, you know. Because what's the fear? The fear is somebody's going to watch the video, go out there, bring their shovel or whatever, or backhoe, and you're like, oh, come on, would somebody really do that? Well, yes, it is outrageous what I've been learning. Outrageous. I don't know of a, a, a different word. And I don't want to go in this direction with this episode, but you can imagine the amount of stuff that's been done to these precious sites. So what you see, if you get around to watching these, or if you've already seen these Randy Lewis episodes and you like them, um, thank you for watching. It is a departure. Again, back to these hateful comments that I receive. A lot of it is... uh, you know, there's no business for you to, this is not geology and, and you're, you're you know, what are they saying? You're putting your politics into, it's like, look, man, this is a new way to learn history. Geology is history. I don't, I don't even respond, by the way, but anyway, um, I don't have to justify it with you either, I don't think. It's learning new things about a place that I've been talking about for... I've got an edge in my voice now. I don't need to. You, you haven't sent me a, a, a bad email, so I apologize for that tone. It's important. And, you know, there are times when I'm thinking about geology, I'm like, what is the point of all this anyway? I think that. Like... Aaron Donaghy and Mike Eddy are out there trying to decide if that uh, tough is 49.22 or 49.33 million years. Who gives a rip? Yeah, I guess. There's ways to come back and talk about scientific training and value of science, blah, blah, blah. But this here 
with Randy in the late stage of his life. Hopefully he's got many more years. I think he's 73 or something. Um, let's hope he's he can speak like this and share like this for years to come. But you're like, what's his motivation? Why would he be doing this? Well, he's trying to preserve these stories. And as he has said multiple times, there's only a few people left in his community that know these stories. And when he goes away, the stories go away. And if the stories go away, then these precious places lose their meaning. I mean, quite often, well, we were at Stemilt Spires yesterday. It's private land. There's target shooting practice, and there's an orchard there, and there's, there's no understanding by pretty much anybody that the Stemilt Spires are a very, very special place. And almost all these places have been flooded, have been bulldozed, have been this, have been that, all in the last 150 years. We don't need to go there, but Randy's motivation is to try to record as much as possible. Now, he has other film crews that go out with him because he's really committed to this. He feels like this is, I don't want to put words in his mouth now, but he, he's late in his life. This is his main um, contribution to his community by recording this. And not everybody in his community is wild about him sharing these stories, by the way. He gets plenty of hate from the community. Saying, what are you doing? You're talking to talking to the enemy, man. You're talking, what are you doing? And he's trying to communicate what his motivation is. I want to record this stuff. And most of the stuff that's filmed by other uh, groups um, is not made public now. It's put into an archive, it sounds like, until Randy passes away, and then that stuff will be made public. But in my case... Uh, he knows that I have a large audience, and he knows that the more people that share and are interested in what he's saying about these places, uh, the more respect people will have for some of these places. And maybe that's the end of it, or possibly some of these videos will play a role in helping preserve some of these places. As Randy says, they're all sacred. All these places are sacred. But there are some places that are extra special. And if they can be... Well, we continue to try to work on what the best goal is, and I, I, I have no interest in policy or anything like that. All I can do is just kind of play along. But every every month or so, we go out, and I film and put it on my channel and... Whatever happens after that happens with that. But I, I'm, I'm very interested in this topic right now. The last thing I'll say before we quit is that long ago, 30 years ago, when I moved here to Ellensburg, my wife and I didn't have a whole lot of cash, and so we were hustling to find some sort of summer program that would give us a little bit of extra money. My wife was not teaching at the time. She was a stay-at-home mom. We both had good teaching jobs in Ohio, and we quit them at the end of a school year and just drove out here with no, with no job prospects. And uh, CWU 
offered me a halftime position. <laughs> so I remember we, we made $12,000 in, in 1993. <laughs> so we didn't have a whole lot at the time, and we had this baby. And uh, so we hustled, and I wrote this big grant uh, proposal that got funded, the Department of Energy. And it was, I forget the title, but it was something like... Uh, you know, a field program to recruit underrepresented populations in science. And the target was middle school age kids where typically science kind of drops off in interest. And I remember writing the grant and saying, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're, we've got Native American populations nearby. We've got uh, Mexican American populations nearby. Um, we have plenty of quote-unquote minorities. This is 1992, and I'm writing the grant. I barely know the state. I barely know names of ridges or peaks or anything. I'm brand new to the area. And, you know, I'm about as white as they come, so I don't know anything about these cultures. And I was getting help writing the grant, you know, fellow professors and things. And the only thing I'll say here is that uh, a couple of the reviewers said, uh, well, yeah, there's diverse populations out here and you might make some inroads with Hispanic families to get them to participate in your summer field program, training them how to be scientists and getting them to continue in science. And, you know, girls are a minority. You might just play the angle of just getting girls trying to promote women in science. Again, this is 30 years ago. But they said there's no way in hell that you will make any connections with the Native Americans on the Yakima Reservation or the Colville. They said it, there's no way. And I just kind of shook my head up. I was like, oh, okay, no way. I won't, I'll take the Native American thing out of it. And that always bothered me that I, well, I, it didn't bother me. I was just like surprised, like, oh, really? Oh, okay, I guess that's not going to work. I'll just focus on, we'll try to recruit with some folks in the Yakima area that have connections to some of these migrant families, for instance. And we did. We did it for three summers, and we did have about 30 uh, kids, most of them uh, girls, most of them Hispanic, and uh, they'd never been to Ellensburg before. I remember that. They grew up in Yakima. They'd never been to Ellensburg 30 miles away, and they're like 14. But I didn't even try with Native American uh, residents for a bunch of obvious reasons. So that trust was just a, like an impossible thing. Well, here I am. And thanks to Amelia Yokel Egbert, who now lives in the Salt Lake City area, she allowed me to get connected through this film with Randy Lewis. And then the screening of the film. And then going out with Randy, just the two of us. And I don't know how long it will go on, and I don't know how much more Randy will want to share, or I don't know if I'll screw it up at some point. But it's been an interesting academic experience for me. It's been a much more profound cultural experience for me personally. And that doesn't matter. 
but possibly it will be a positive cultural experience for the viewers with these videos that will be out there for hopefully quite a few decades. Well, dear viewer, dear listener, I guess you're a listener. Thank you for making it to the end of this one. I've learned that it's not for everybody. And for some people, it's really not for them. And <laughs> what can you do but just put stuff out there and hope it resonates? I don't really count uh, subscribers. I don't count view numbers. I don't have targets, etc. I have noticed that people are not watching the Randy Lewis episodes nearly as much as some of the other stuff. But that doesn't faze me in the least. There's enough people who are consuming and enjoying the Randy Lewis presentations and even if there were just three people watching I would still do it because of all the potential positivity that comes from it that's the hope you made it to the end of this one thank you a little longer than normal but hey what else is new I can't promise when I'll be at it again but I've been busy out in the field with Mike Eddy and uh, I'm going up to the North Cascades next week to do that. I've been talking about that for quite some time. So um, I will do my best to check in with you here audio-wise, but there will certainly be some North Cascades videos coming in the next few weeks. Thank you. I love you. And goodbye. <laughs>